But um, I think that it is time to get started. So let's go through a introduction first. I mean, Morgan, have a have a crack at introducing yourself and Root Troop, and then we can go ahead and have a conversation about what you're doing. For sure, man. Uh, thanks for thanks for the leg up here. Uh, my name is Morgan Stone. I'm the founder and CEO over at Root Troop and Root Labs. Uh, we are a blockchain tech company that is building the first on-chain job marketplace, which we have bootstrapped with our community over at Rootroop, which is an NFT project based around a super endangered uh, Australian animal, I should say, uh, the tree kangaroo. It's not actually a kangaroo on the ground. It is a tree kangaroo. There's less than 2,500 left in the world. So there is kind of a philanthropic component baked into our project as well to help save that species. Donated a bunch to the Daintree Rainforest out in Queensland. Um, but that's not the main initiative of our project. Our main initiative is uh, finding people jobs, helping them succeed in Web3, um, and we've done that with a bounty hub over the last nine months where we've gotten almost 150 people uh, Web3 jobs. We've seen almost 700 opportunities come through uh, from the likes of even Time Magazine, DraftKings, top NFT projects in the space. And we are very, very close to rolling out our V1 of the on-chain job marketplace we've been de- developing all year. So that's about as brief as I can be, but we've got a ton going on at Root Troop. Um, so I'm happy to drill in on whatever you guys see fit. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, okay, so in the past nine months, the Bounty Hub, for a lot of the people here, might be the first time hearing about that or they've come across it, heard about it, but not actually used it. How does the user journey look like for the Bounty Hub, maybe for both sides of the market as well, like the supply and the demand or you know, the, the applicants, the, the workers, and then the projects that actually list there? Yeah, 100%. Um, so the Bounty Hub, I, I will just preface, um, again, the, to differentiate the fact that the Bounty Hub is very different from the on-chain job marketplace we've been developing. So when you hear me speak about that, I'll talk about Bounty Hub. But for the on-chain job marketplace, I'll probably just say platform because we haven't released the name yet. Um, so the Bounty Hub came to be when we noticed that there wasn't real place for talent and employers in the space to congregate and find each other. Uh, my team and I, before we launched Rootube last year, uh, we were working as advisors for a bunch of teams and every single team we worked with uh, needed at least one person on their team, whether it was a mod, a community manager, a solidity dev, they needed at least one person. And they didn't know where to find these people. And on the flip side, we had a community in our Discord of about 2,500 people at the time who were all very hungry to work in Web3, yet they didn't know where the hell to find the opportunities. So Mm. us in the middle, we were like, okay, we're seeing all of these opportunities. We're seeing all of this talent. Let's just pair them up. So the Bounty Hub in its early stages was simply us bringing opportunities into our Discord, uh, you know, announcing to our community interviewing people from our community, training them up, working with them on the teams of those other projects, and then leaving them there to kind of fulfill the role uh, past our involvement. And so that quickly turned into, okay, we are spending way too many resources uh, and we are way too hands-on with this. So we developed the Bounty Hub, um, which is basically a very basic web three job board. Uh, We have not added a bunch of bells and whistles to it because it's just placeholder tech, but it has gotten the job done. So how it currently works is that anybody can see the jobs that we list uh, that are older than one week old. 
all jobs within a one week period are exclusive for root troop holders and our partner community holders. And the benefit of that is we all know how fast this space moves. And the majority of the Web3 job opportunities that we are seeing come through the Bounty Hub are requesting a very quick turnaround time. So it can be very beneficial to jump on those opportunities quick. So in its current state, uh, the Bounty Hub, we don't charge employers anything to post listings with us. It is simply an initiative to get the most opportunities as possible to our community and the broader community. Um, but if you go to rootroop.com slash jobs right now, you'll see hundreds of open jobs uh, that are a bit available for all of you to apply to as you see fit. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to apply. Um, and basically, we don't have any say in the process past that. Uh, we pass off the applicant list to the employer that's hiring. They interview as they see fit. They hire. They let us know. We take off the job. And that's how it works in its current state. And under section 21. That's beautiful. And, and you're mentioning that you don't... Uh... Oh, sorry. I think I muted myself there. Um, uh, yeah, you were saying that uh, you were, uh, you don't charge the partners a listing fee. Um, well, how about when you fulfill these uh, or do the, the pairing, the matching? Does a fee come out of that or where does the revenue come through? Yeah, so in its current state, um, the Bounty Hub is, is not monetized at all. Uh, the, the point of the Bounty Hub was not to monetize and create revenue streams. It was to kind of prove the concept that there was a need in the market for something like this. Um, but, you know, as we developed the Bounty Hub a couple months into it, I got with my business partner and CTO of Rootroop. His name is Corey. And I was like, hey, man, you know, the issue of fraud in Web3 is not just an issue in Web3. It's also an issue outside in the Web2 world. And I should back up a little and provide some context there to say that we had a few opportunities, uh, you know, a few people on the talent side and a few people on the hiring side come to us uh, after posting opportunities or after applying and landing, or applying to and landing jobs through the Bounty Hub that said, hey, you know, this person I hired said they could do all these things and they've kind of shit the bed. They haven't been able to do anything that we have, you know, requested of them to do. And on the other side, we had multiple people come to us and say, hey, you know, we've been working for this employer that posted on the Bounty Hub for two months and they just rugged or, you know, they're not paying us or, hey, you know, the project doesn't actually exist and I don't know what to do. And so we were like, damn, there is a lot of fraud here. And so we looked outside of the space and found out that fraud in the job market in the hiring process exists at a ridiculous level, uh, just in the general world. 33% uh, of Americans admit to lying on their resumes. 34% of employers actually fact check those resumes. All that leads to really high turnover rates, which is both cost and labor intensive for employers. And so I got with Corey and I was like, hey, you know, similar to how blockchain is providing proof of ownership. Uh, you know, that's why we can buy, sell, price, trade our NFTs as we please. Uh, can we use the blockchain to provide proof of experience, proof of job history, proof of length of past employment, proof of skills, proof of, capa uh, proof of capabilities? And also on the flip side, can we provide undeniable verification that employers are posting jobs for companies and projects that they actually have the authority to post for? And Corey was like, well, I don't see why not in true big brain fashion, as he always does. Um, and so that's when the idea for an on-chain job marketplace started. And so that's what we've been developing all year. 
uh, and what we've been leading up to. That will be monetized. Things like posting jobs, promoting jobs, promoting your freelancer profile will all be monetized items on the platform. Uh, but then for root troop holders, uh, posting jobs will be free as long as they are holding. Promoting jobs and promoting freelancer profiles will come at a discount. And for all of our partners, they will also get discounts on all of those features. I'll quickly probably butt in. And uh, this is exactly where Morgan and I connected because the technology he's talking about uh, on jobs place verifications is where I had done work in the past. And uh, the moment I spoke with Morgan, is like, yeah, I, this is what uh, we are planning to do. I straight up threw the SBT, the soul bond tokens at him. Like, is that something you guys are thinking about? I was like, yep, you get it. That That's the... That's basically the back end of how they tend to work around these things. So yeah, it, it, I think to us to have connected, understanding what it looks like is probably what brought Morgan to Surgeons because then we were able to talk a bunch more around how this could be leveraged, what can we do additionally and, and things like that. So yeah, and yeah it, long story short, it just brings everything together. Yeah, cheers for that, Rip. Um, and you know, shout out to Emma up on stage with us as well for for the intro. And yeah, we just we just hit it off instantly. Found a lot of common ground. It was really cool to see what you had done with SPTs in the past. And you're like, hey, I just want to make you aware of this technology. It sounds like you could use it. And I was like, well, good news. We've already baked that in months ago. So uh, I love I love finding people who are utilizing the tech in that same way. So I don't know if I missed that, but when is this going live? No release date yet. Um, the platform will technically be done in a couple of weeks here, um, but we have decided to go after a raise and a, a true large scale marketing campaign to bring this product to market uh, because we do see this as a product that will disrupt you know, multi-billion dollar industry that is the job market currently led by Indeed, Glassdoor, LinkedIn. Um, so we are not going to just roll this out small scale. As mm. such, we need some more funding to pour into it, which we are currently going after. Um, as for releasing the branding and a referral page, uh, we are only a couple weeks out. Um, so that is the first time I'm saying that on a public setting. A little bit of alpha for the Surgeons crew. We are a few weeks out from releasing the branding and the referral page. So you will be able to sign up, refer your friends, get rewarded, et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful. Guys, I always tell oh. you the best alpha is on these spaces. You, you got I'm gonna watch the. So I'm gonna I'm slip up a couple times here. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna, gonna watch the floor price of Root Troop NFTs then. Yeah, look, the the whole goal of this space is just to see how many times we can get you to slip up. I mean, that's that's the whole value, right? I mean, I'm not gonna shy away from that. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Morgan, do you want to talk about the ruler here, or would you rather wait for a different instance? Yeah, sure. We can talk about Rula. Um, so actually pretty timely because we finally updated our Rula shop the other day. Um, so for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about right now, uh, we did introduce staking into our, our ecosystem. There is no liquidity pool. So Rula is the token that people receive for staking their Roos and Joeys. It is rarity-based staking. So your yield uh, depends on the rarity of your Roo and Joey. 
And I specify that there is no liquidity pool and that it's a utility token, one, to keep us safe, and two, uh, to really draw you into the fact that we are providing some unique utility on this Rula shop. So for a few months there, um, we took down the Rula shop while we revamped our staking to be rarity base. As of this week, it is now relaunched where we have posted you know, over $15,000 worth of NFTs, products, services from the team, as well as services, NFTs, and products from the community. So this is a never been done before mechanic in terms of an ERC-20 shop, as far as we know, um, where basically our holders can list their services, their own NFTs, their own products, and they can input a recipient address to where when people purchase those services, products, NFTs, the RULA goes directly to them with no fee taken out by our team. So it is basically like an exclusive uh, kind of gig hub in a sense, but also a way to trade some other NFTs that you own in order to obtain this token to then buy other stuff in the shop from other community members or from our team that we post. So just the other day, uh, we had somebody who owns an insect farm in the Midwest, in the US, uh, and he posted up a couple different tiles to sell live mealworms for Rula. And somebody purchased some, 3,000 live mealworms for about 150 Rula. He is currently in the process of shipping those out. He's ecstatic. He's making cryptocurrency off of his small business. And then he can take that Rula and reinvest it into something for himself through the shop. We also have founders from other projects putting up their services, smart contract development, uh, Discord bot development. We've got founders from other projects supplying us with passes and NFTs to their projects that they are then receiving the RULA for and can disperse among their community. It's just this really great feedback loop that we hadn't seen before in the space and we're really excited to roll out. Yo, that sounds amazing. I, I wanted to know, though, is there like a bit of a verification process on who can list on there? Yep. Um, so they have to be a holder uh, of a Rue or a Joey, both of the tokens in our ecosystem, to advertise their service in a channel within our Discord, which our team then goes through and vets. We ask them all sorts of questions like, you know, what uh, what qualifies them to be providing these services? Um, but you know our our holders are are very genuine, and there's there's very little lack of trust uh, among among us. So so far so good, um, and we have kind of greenlit some founders, select founders to list their services and products as well. Um, so past that, yeah, we're definitely betting. We've gotten more requests than we have actually put on the shop. Oh man, it sounds like a bit of a intensive. <clears throat> process but i mean it definitely does become a bit easier if you know there's that genuine trust within the community do you have any plans on scaling this even further like towards other communities or you know introducing a process where anyone can be using this platform maybe in the future um for now i really we really just want to keep uh the ability to list services and products to our community members as well as other founders in the space so you know if you're a founder of another project i'm not going to make you buy a roo uh to send us nfts or access passes to your discord uh, but you can send those to us it's no cost to us and you know then we have them in hand and can transfer them directly out to whoever buys them so for right now, um, you know, the, the point of 
kind of working with other founders is so that they can redistribute the roulette to their holders and anybody can use roulette in our roulette shop, right? Whether they can actually list their services, NFTs, products, you know, you have to be a holder. So. Beautiful. Heaps of information here. <clears throat> Ripcord, take it away. What other things can we draw out of so um, Morgan that we might not necessarily be able uh, to? I think, I think Joni, Joni has um, like burning questions. Joni's yeah. like, yeah, woo, let's yeah, go. No. I love this idea. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, I've migrated from the surgeon's account because we've had uh, technical issues. Um, yeah, so Stone, like this is so exciting, right? And I think like it, it, it addresses so many, um, like there's such perfect product market fit here, right? Uh, I want to dig more into how you actually solve this fraud problem though, right? Um, could you explain how that can be solved on-chain? Because that seems like such a huge unlock. And if you're privy to talk about that sort of stuff, I mean, I'd really love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, we are going to be verifying skills, job experience, uh, past employment capabilities, all of that on chain using already existing tools like OpenSea, looks rare, other platforms, employers will be able to check the applicant's wallet for SBTs representing discrete units of work that were completed by them. And we'll be able to trace that data back to the company that issued the token through the project. So on our platform, all job history shown in a user's profile, uh, aside from anything user provided like a description or a resume PDF, will be verified job history tracked by our servers. Skills are user specified and cannot be verified aside from cross-referencing the user's work history, which is easy thanks to our, our UI and UX team. They built out an amazing flow there. Um, so basically to dumb that down, I know that's a bit wordy and a bit blockchain oriented, uh, to dumb it down, uh, when a user accepts a job on our platform, an SBT will be minted and sent to that user. It will be immutable except for the point at which an employer can say the job has ended to kind of specify the date that the job ended to go back and verify job history, right? For skills and capabilities, it is a review process where transaction is submitted to review and employers are incentivized to review their, their employees. And so what that looks like is it's not a free form response for employers to review the employees. It is more so directed to the actual skills and capabilities that were specified on the initial job uh, description that the person accepted a job from. So for instance, if you accepted a job position for a community manager that called for marketing skills, scale, uh, sales skills, um, you know, you're personable, you're on time, you're prompt, those were all specified in the job description, you accept that job, then later down the road, an employer is gonna be prompted to review you based on those skills specifically. So that way, you know, we just keep it about the skills. We don't keep it about, you know, anything ad hoc. We don't allow people to come and write scathing reviews. Those are not minted on chain. It is more so, can this person do what they said they could do? Were they being honest in their application? And if so, that's going to be right there on, on the blockchain. And if not, that's also going to be right there on the blockchain for, for next employers to view. So, wow, okay. yeah, so essentially... It becomes a well-previewed 
Yelp your review where you can't help anymore. So it's it's all there. You can't take it down. It it, it is what it is. Uh, but essentially, if you look at it from the other side, uh, for someone in the, in the mainstream, then for someone who has graduated from a university degree, is 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 what uh, it will be used as a reference point to qualify you for a particular job opportunity and then take it forward. So this is where I think Morgan is trying to re uh, to break into with LinkedIn's and the Blastos and the Indeeds, where you can apply, but then there is no real way of verifying. The other day I was joking with him about. Uh, how suits wouldn't be possible the whole series of suits wouldn't be possible had uh, this kind of sbt so this kind of tech been in place you you'd never have ross kind of go around being an oxford student uh, and and how mm. I, have, I have i have a quick question if i can jump in joni i know you love your flow state um but one of the questions that I had uh, was, let's say, for example, so a new platform coming around and plenty of participants that are going to be jumping on with existing work experience too. Uh, you might, like a, an employer might list a job and then they'll have applicants that uh, genuinely have worked or are working for projects, uh, like reputable projects um, that exist. Is there going to be some sort of use cases that are geared towards uh, allowing them to somehow verify uh their work or their previous experience or like some sort of partnership strategy that you have to onboard those existing reputable companies yeah fantastic question um so first and foremost uh i will say our target market is definitely the recent graduate who is stepping into the job market for the first time right there is the clear uh kind of hurdle it's not a roadblock. It's not a barrier. I would say it's a hurdle that we can easily jump over, which is what you just defined, that there are going to be copious amounts of users that come onto our platform with past experience. But given they had that experience before this platform existed, how the hell does it exist on the platform now? How does an employer verify that they can do this, the things they say they can do? And so we have developed a process where employees, uh, you know, freelancers, anybody on our platform can reach out to their past companies and request for them to verify past experience. And so we are assisting in that process. It's basically a submission flow uh, where they say, hey, I worked for this company for this time. Can you get them uh, on this platform so that they can verify X, Y, and Z that I did for that company? If they don't come on and verify it, there's absolutely no way we can do that for them. Uh, so there is a bit of onus on the employer that said, our value prop is so in your face that we anticipate being able to onboard pretty much any company uh, that people are requesting us to onboard. Because right now, like I said, the fraud issue is so prevalent and the turnover issue is so prevalent that it's hitting these employers in the bank. It's costing them a shitload of money to consistently restaff, rehire, uh, you know, previous hires didn't work out. They need to allocate time and resources to refilling those positions. And so if we give them this opportunity to jump on a platform where we reduce the risk of that fraud, it should be a no-brainer. That said, you know, we'll see how it goes. Amazing. Can I jump in with a question here? Is that all right? Or just someone else? <laughs> no, you're not allowed to, Jenny. I was joking. I was joking. Get in, get in. All right. Um, Stone, so... What I'm hearing at the moment, right, is that it's sort of like it's it's modernizing and replacing a reference check, right, and like making that a lot cleaner. But what about stuff like qualifications? So say if you go get like a and so say if you go get a bachelor's degree, 
right? Have you got a way of that being part of the person's profile uh, or how's that work? Yep. Um, so the way we develop the platform allows for third-party integrations for other companies tackling the education side of things. That is not what we are going after. Um, we didn't want to bite off more than we could chew. That said, our platform, it just makes sense to integrate with third parties who are going after that initiative to verify uh, credentials and education and you know minting SBTs for those things, right? There will be a place on our platform where they can live. That said, uh, we would need to form partnerships with whichever companies are uh, kind of distributing those SBTs um, and then work with them on, on, you know, specific integration. But the platform allows for it. Very interesting. Um, what sort of roles is this predominantly targeted at? Like, is it mostly the, the collaboration managers, uh, community moderators, that sort of thing, or all the way devs, different roles? How are you sort of envisioning it at, like at, the, at the beginning? Obviously, you think it can be very broad uh, down the line, right? But at the start. Yeah, absolutely hit the nail on the head there, um, which is that long term, you know, we are looking to disrupt an industry that is led by Web2 giants. And as such, we need to cater to kind of the everyday person. Uh, we see all sorts of jobs ending up on this platform, you know, a, a front desk manager, a sales rep for, you know, some literal like cleaning product, whatever it might be. We see this as a hub for every single job in there, in the world. Um, that said, uh, we know uh, kind of our current community and we know how to target the current market we are in. So we'll be starting out, you know, really targeting the, the Web3 world and trying to bring on all of the projects that are currently, uh, you know, shopping for hires via Google Forms or, you know, type forms or whatever they're pushing out in their discords right now. We want to onboard them to our platform, get a nice user base on there. Uh, there will be a wallet connection. So it makes sense to go after the Web3 savvy folk first. Um, but there is kind of a wrapped process in place that we intend to roll out as probably a V2 or a V3 that will allow for mass adoption a bit easier. Emma. Sup, sup. Sup, sup. <laughs> so what's going to happen to your bounty hub now? How is that going to sort of, or your, is it just going to be completely decommissioned or how are you going to roll that all in together, Stone? Yeah. Uh, you're stealing my questions. Uh, the bounty hub will be completely obsolete once we once we roll out this platform um if we kept the bounty hub up it would act as a fork uh to what we're trying to complete here and the bounty hub served its purpose in full uh it acted as a proof of concept it has landed almost 150 people web3 jobs we've been able to gather invaluable data we haven't even talked about the fact that we've developed kind of i think it's the first web3 pay guide uh based on the data we have seen come through the bounty hub um, but that said, it, it's just a bare bones job hub at the end of the day. There's nothing fancy about it. There's no filters. Uh, you know, there's there's no ability for freelancers to post their own profiles and skills up there. It is only catered to Web3 jobs being brought in for the community to apply to. So it will be completely gone once we roll out the platform. 
And would you, sorry, I'm sorry, just to back that up as well, would you compare yourself more to like a Fiverr-based platform where it's like both, uh, I guess, profiles are equally like clientized, I suppose? Um, or would you compare it more to something like, like Seek or Indeed or whatever? I would say it's a it's a happy mix, right? Because Fiverr, I would argue, is more geared toward the freelancer. And indeed, Glassdoor is more geared towards the employer, right? There's only job listings on there. Our platform will have both. Um, there will also be a marketplace for both. Uh, the ability to, jeez, uh, I'm, I'm like really dancing around the words here because this is like part of our, our slogan and, and what we're saying will roll out V2. Um, but um, there, there is a mechanic that we will roll out later to allow people to search for freelancers based on certain types of skills. Um, the V1 will just be about job listings. So we really do see it as a happy medium. Um, so, yeah. Fully stacked. Joe Nee, you've got your hand up. Absolutely. Yes. Gentlemen. So one thing I'm interested in, well, many things, <laughs> to be honest, but I'm assuming we're going to, it starts off by like obviously allowing anonymity, right? So we're going to allow people to operate under pseudonyms. Is that, is that how the, it, it will work? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you're just required to put a first name and you're not required to put a last name. Whatever you make your first name is up to you. Um, there's also the ability to upload a file as your profile picture or upload an NFT from your wallet. And similar to the Twitter, uh, the Twitter mechanic there, there will be a hexagon for uh, NFT PFPs. Okay, so that, from this stems so many questions, right? Um, which would, I think a logical place to start that many people in our community would relate to is, okay, they've found this job. They're, they're now a community moderator for some project, right? Uh, and then suddenly they're not getting paid because there's no enforceable contract, like legal jurisdiction questions are like really troubling, right? So how do you guys, how, are you going to try and like give them some assurities that they get paid? Like that original fraud issue pops back up again, right? Yeah, so the issue of employers actually paying their employees is, well, I'll, I'll split this up into, into two things. First and foremost, our, our view is like, we, we can't do anything for you. You need to really be careful. You need to vet the opportunity as well. You need to ask the right questions and in interviews. You need to get information from them to make yourself feel secure, right? We decided very early on that we didn't want to deal with uh, having funds on the platform in any sense. Uh, and what I mean by that is developing an escrow service to where we could reduce the risk of that, that type of fraud occurring. That said, um, and this is, fuck, I guess I'm, I'm going to just share a little bit more alpha now. Let's go. Um, we are likely going to be partnering um, with an upcoming tool that nobody knows is coming out yet. Um, which is an escrow service uh, to integrate it into our platform as a third-party offering, which people have the choice to use, right? Um, we will not be doing it in-house. We just don't want the liability from that. But if there's a third-party tool, which there is, uh, it makes sense to offer it to users to have the choice. Yeah, that, that's yeah, really that, sick. That's super cool. Um, I've had a hypothesis for a while that there's going to be a real opportunity to underwrite some of this uh, moral hazard and adverse selection risk, and escrow seems like a logical way of doing it. Um, another question that stems from this uh, anonymity is, 
and I guess it goes back to the target market, right? How do you see that changing as more established brands actually enter the space because they'll want to operate through contracts and having people, you know, operating under their real legal name? Um, so do you see this just being temporary while this space is still maturing that like a lot of the people will be probably using uh, pseudonymic names? Well, I think, you know, an important point to, to bring up here is the fact that you're talking about the Web3 community and compared to, you know, everything else, because literally everybody in the world, well, not everybody in the world, but most people in the world are looking for jobs or looking to hire in some capacity, right? And if you compare everything else out there to Web3, it makes Web3 look like a tiny little speck of dust, right? So in Web3, sure, I think anonymity will probably fade over time. For the foreseeable future, I don't see that happening. Um, and that's okay, right? They'll be able to look for Web3 jobs that might not care about, you know, whether you're doxxed, whether you're KYC, whether you'll sign a contract or not. And that's totally their prerogative. We are offering that as an option to them. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's up to an employer and an employee to decide what they're comfortable with, right? Um, you know, if you're interviewing for a job at Facebook and you are a Web3 native, um, but you're using our platform and you found this job, you know, you'd be silly to think that they're going to accept you as an anonymous person, right? Um, so it's really just about knowing your own limits, knowing what you're comfortable with and, you know, going after opportunities that align with both of those things. Yeah, I think the, I think to that, like you rightly said, you, you can't really apply anonymously on other projects, but this is also, personally, I think it's, it's, it, we've been following a trend of people just hiding behind a uh, closed, uh, a, a PFP saying, okay, I don't want to show you my face. Uh, but that that will slowly fade away as and when the whole Web3 kind of gets mainstream, right? Because that's when you want, if you're established in the space, you want your face to be seen, that you want to be recognized and then go forward. Part of the other story is if you're making a lot of money, you don't want to be caught behind by the tax authorities or you don't want to be spotted by your employee where uh, you have concerns around uh, you having duplicate jobs. So increasingly, at least I've seen a lot of people giving up their Web2 jobs, moving into Web3 or considering it this in their head. So somewhere down the line, very soon, it, this thing of wanting to keep yourself anonymous, especially when you want to work in Web3, will probably vanish. So it's, it's, it's that, just that. I, I see feet stamping there because he literally did this. He took a break from his Web2 job and has gone full steam into Web3. But I'm sure you will want to flaunt your Gajira there, so I won't complain. I think you. I think you silenced him. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's uh, heartbroken. No, not definitely not. Um, Morgan, well, just moving on. Unless there are other questions from the members. Um, now you obviously revealed some alpha. With that came bits and bobs of for uh, the roadmap, right? If what 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 does the next two years look like or three years look like for Root Group uh, once this job marketplace, let's say? the it's coming on board right so you have people you have launched it what is the next steps where where does Rutru go from there yeah it's a, a, a good question and one that we don't have a, a set in stone answer to um you know we started this project uh with a community and we built up with that community um who has shaped kind of the vision of Rutru along the way with us 
we like I, I got into the space in 2020, uh, fall 2020, um, and I was a complete degen trader, you know, alpha caller, degen mint hunting. Um, and I had no intentions of starting a project when we actually started Rootroop. Uh, it snowballed out of a pretty unique instance um, that led us to building with this community from the ground up, right? We didn't launch Rootroop until January, but the Discord existed back in October of last year. We had three months of intense community building, roadmap development, everything with the community. And so we've left it very open-ended um, what comes after the job marketplace. But there is something that we recently uh, we recently announced, um, which is very exciting and something that has not been done in the space either, which is that on the job marketplace, um, all Rootroop holders, and I'll back up a little bit, on the job marketplace, every single person will be given a referral code and referral link to where they'll be able to get maybe a five or 10% kickback on referred purchases on the marketplace. All Rootroop holders will be able to receive anywhere from a 25 to 50% commission split on all referred job marketplace sales. And what that means is the already ravenous Rootroop community who are shilling day in and day out on Twitter um, and, you know, very, very active on Twitter and getting people to post jobs on our current bounty hub, they're going to be able to continue doing what they've already been doing for the past year and get paid for it legally. Uh, this is not revenue sharing. This is not royalty splits. This is nothing touchy with the SEC whatsoever. This is fully legal and basically turning all of our holders who desire to turn themselves into this uh, into affiliates or, you know, kind of business development reps. And so we'll 1099 them. Um, we'll be able to send them kickbacks on everything that they refer, whether it be one job listing for 100 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever we end up landing on for that, uh, a promoted job listing, a promoted freelancer profile, or shit, what happens if you sign somebody up at a big company who then ends up posting 50 jobs? Yeah, you're going to get a 25 to 50% commission split on all 50 of those jobs. So this is really exciting um, for the people who are active and have been showing, right? They've got an opportunity to make a lot of money doing so in the future. And for the people who don't necessarily care about it, and maybe they've been stacking up ruse in this time where, you know, our, our floor is a little bit low. Um, you know, what this is going to allow them to be able to do is potentially offload some of those for some big profit. Because where we see Rootroop going as an NFT and the target market for that NFT is the hiring manager, the recruiter who is currently spending thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands a year. Uh, posting job listings, promoting job listings, recruiting, fact-checking, background checks, all of these things. Now they're just going to be able to buy a Rue and get free job listings and discounted promotions for life for holding that Rue. Uh, it seems like a no-brainer. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say what I think everybody can kind of read in between the lines for here, but I, I anticipate things getting pretty bullish when that rolls out. Past that, you know, what we do next, we'll see. Uh, we've innovated so much tech over at RuTech, which we haven't even talked about on this session. It's another leg of Ru Labs. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're builders. Uh, as, as buzzwordy as that has gotten lately, you know, we truly are builders and we love putting on for this community. And so we'll, we'll see what they want next and you know, we'll just kind of innovate as we go.
Joni, I, I, I'm going to let you know that you don't have to put your hand up all the time. <laughs> no, the reason being yeah, is I don't want to hold on. The reason being on this chat is because I think it's such an interesting <laughs> project, right? I don't want to hold the discussion. I want everyone to have a chance to jump in. So yeah, 100%. Like, that's the actual reason I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, we played that game long ago. Whoever holds their hand up will get to speak, but I don't think it applies anymore. Yeah. New game. I mean, we can definitely bring that up, but I think when we do that, it gets pretty intense. Like People get angry at each other. So I think... Um, yeah, Morgan's um, gonna leave if you do that. Yeah, exactly. People start swearing at each other, and yeah, fuck. Like the viewership of this space will go from whatever it is now, one forty to to just the speakers. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Tony. So, so do I get to speak after putting my hand up, or no? No, nah, I think Ripcord wants to speak. Before. No, I was joking. Go, go, okay. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So Stone, uh, like a key thing here, uh, as you mentioned earlier, was getting the employers to provide accurate uh, verification, right? Um. And you said that that's incentivized. Could you break that down a little bit? And then after you do that, can you talk how that will scale when more people are using this, right? Like how, how, do, how do you incentivize that? Then also, how do you actually ensure that that's reliable? Because a lot of the time people want to maintain relationships and sort of be a bit kinder with that sort of stuff than is actually accurate, right? Like there's sort of a bit of an issue there with that moral hazard. So break that down into two parts here. Um, first, to talk about the incentivization aspect. Um, they will be incentivized to do all sorts of things on the platform, um, such as share post when they post a job, share post when they reply to a job. If they're a freelancer, um, they'll be incentivized to review employees. And they will be incentivized in a way, uh, well, they'll be incentivized by providing them discounts um, for further items on the platform. Platform. Uh, maybe even one-off free listings, one free promotion if they've reviewed, you know, X amount of employees. Um, there will also eventually be a native token on the platform. And that's something we haven't touched on today either, which is that all of our holders know this. They've been working towards it. All the activity they've been grinding the last nine months, 10 months, um, has gone towards, you know, valuable metrics that we're going to grab to then airdrop this token uh, later on. And that won't come for a while. Um, that's going to be for, you know, the full, full, full launch. Um, there will be multiple kind of segments, segmented rollouts before that. Um, so that's to touch on incentivization. As for verifying that an employer actually, you know, reviewed uh, genuinely or ethically, you know, that's going to come down to them. Um, we are not sitting and watching that employee do work. Um, there's literally no way for us as a platform to track that person's work and the skills that they implemented for that work. So we are relying on the employer. But in my experience as an employee and as an employer, um, you know, I, I'm incentivized to be genuine just intrinsically uh there is no benefit for me to give somebody a better review than they deserve and i would feel quite guilty um you know kind of giving them a leg up knowing that they did a shit job because that impacts other people down the road down the road so we're relying on employers to be truthful there um but i i anticipate employers being pretty truthful for the most part Stone, sorry, I'm in the car at the moment. Um, but is there like, is there like a review process, for example, where like if I if my employers rate me like one or whatever, 
um, can I then flag that review to to get like I don't know like you know how like Google ratings and shit like that have like flags um, and review processes like can you do something similar to that for your experience? As it stands, that's not something we have discussed. Um, the The whole point of this, right, is to show uh, you know past employers' experience with you as an employee, right? Um, you know, if they gave you a one-star review for, you know, whether you had, uh, marketing capabilities or not, then I, I wouldn't really, um, let's see, how do I say this? I wouldn't be in disbelief just seeing that, nor would I want you as an employee getting that one star to be able to remove that from the on-chain resume that exists on the platform, right? That's kind of the purpose. So there may be down the, down the road a process in place for somebody to flag something that they think is unfair once we have, you know, a bigger team built out to support some leg like that. Um, as our first rollout, no, that will not be included. Yeah, I'm just, I, my concern is in some sort of like situation, say where I've slept with Dennis, the boss's wife, and now Dennis hates me. You know, like, what if Dennis is just going to go in and give me, like, a one star because I slept with his wife? <laughs> you know, like, how are you going to prevent that from happening? The strangest like, reason why would have asked somebody would have asked that question. That, that was oddly specific. <laughs> I that, was, all that was oddly <laughs> specific. Um, I'm like, but, what? I hope so, Dennis isn't listening. So what, Dennis's wife pretty hot, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Um, well, sorry, Dennis, uh, first and foremost, but, uh, to get back to, get back to the question, that's why we are prompting employers to review you based on skills that were mentioned in the job application and the job description, as opposed to just a free form response and to give you an overall rating, um, on your profile, people will see what your rating was for individual skills. So if Dennis, you know, is so pissed off at you for sleeping with his wife that he gives you a one star on all of your specific skills and that shows up on your profile, like, yeah, we'll, we probably have to implement some sort of process to, to flag those and work with you on that. But also, you know, that's something that you can include in your job application. I mean, you probably don't want to include that you slept with your former boss's wife, but, you know, it's something to bring up when people say, oh, I see you have one star from this past employer. Do you want to explain? And, you know, if you care to explain or care to kind of uh, lighten however you portray that instance, you know, that's on you. I mean, isn't it a bit scary though? Like, let's say you're fresh out of uh, high school or your recent graduate you're obviously pretty shit at your job it's only like a short period you leave and then you get a shit like a, a one-star rating and that essentially becomes like a black mark on you for the rest of your life even if the after that experience you know you've improved you've grown you you showed like a lot more experience and skill now people would still look at that and immediately judge you right off the bat that okay you have that one star review probably just going to perform the same way like there's no reason for them to be proceeding with even going through an interview stage i see what you're saying um personally i i think that's part of it and as somebody who hires a lot um you know i'll tell you like 
I, I really couldn't care less about what skills and qualifications somebody has. Uh, I care how they submit their application. I care how they interview with me. And I care about kind of the passion and desire. That said, of course, there are, you know, nuances such as like if I'm hiring a Solidity developer, yes, they need to actually be able to code Solidity well. Um, so in the instance that Johnny gets his first job as a Solidity developer and completely shits the bed, you know, what he can do is upload files to his profile as a freelancer to show kind of newer work since then. And it'll all be dated. Um, reviews will have dates attached to them as well as uploads on your profile. So, you know, it's something that Johnny can include in his applications to say, hey, you know, I'm very aware I got a one star review at this past uh, at this past job. Here's what went wrong. Here's what I've done to to remedy those skills since then. And here's why I'll crush it for your company. Right. I think, you know, it, it, the, the problem you pose, it, it's funny, you know, it, it's geared towards. The person who would typically want to lie on their resume the next time around. And that's the issue we're trying to solve. And, you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, like, I've lied on my resumes. I've lied on my applications before. Statistically, one in three people have done that, right? It's very, very common. And so, yes, there is the obvious sense of empathy to the person that's lying on their resume and who got a shit mark on their last job. But at the end of the day, the job we're trying, the problem we're trying to solve here is for employers mainly spending a ridiculous amount of money staffing with the wrong people. And so if, you know, Johnny gets a one star and he can't, you know, up his game on his applications and his, you know, uh, in, in his interviews, then, you know, maybe Johnny needs to work harder on, on some other areas to do so. Amazing response, man. I'm, I'm very excited to see this be pushed out and, actually be used by companies um, in the future, man. It's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate the kind words from everybody up here. Yeah, this is the reason why I was super excited when Emma connected me with uh, Morgan, because I, I saw what was, at least I could read what was on the website. I was like, yeah, this is interesting. It's going to explode. But yeah, uh, we are upon the hour. Uh, thanks for coming in, uh, Morgan. Last question. Uh, here at Surgeons, we have a big number of people who are considering yeah, becoming a founder or are working in uh, are working their way into it and trying to understand. Now, obviously, you have seen the you, you, your case is quite unique, right? You found a very specific opportunity and very and that to very a uh, very limited one, which is not every day that you would look at uh, a job opportunity and then say, yeah, that can be a big project at some point. Uh, so what are there any specific uh, advice is there any specific advice you would give to people who are a considering jumping into the space and b are still dangling with the idea of is this big enough or not yeah um so i guess i, I can kind of speak to both of those at once which is one of my biggest tips is look within and build from within um most everybody in this space right now has a community of some sort, whether it is two people, three people, 500 people, 5,000, 100,000 people. We all have some type of network attached to us that we can utilize. And so my mantra in this space has always been provide value before asking for value. And if you go about your life in this space 
always asking and looking for ways to provide value to your current network of people supporting you and your ideas, you're going to grow that network exponentially. You're not going to grow it by continuously looking outwards and marketing outwards and trying to cater to new people that have nothing to do with what you've been doing or no knowledge of what you've been up to. You're going to foster a larger community by showing people on the outside how well you take care of your current community. And you know, I, I, we put out polls in our community. The majority of the root troop holders do not give a single fuck about jobs, Web3 jobs, anything of that sort. What they give a fuck about is that we're solving a real problem and that they have a part in it and they're being rewarded in various ways for playing a part in that. And so what we have now is this very organic community of 2,000, 2,500 people who we can weaponize to expand our reach. And we've built this product that maybe the majority of them don't necessarily care about or won't necessarily use themselves, but they see the value in it and they support us in our vision and they support the passion we have for this product and therefore put us in front of more eyes. So, uh, you know, TLDR of all that is look within, provide value to those who are supporting you and you know it'll just flow from there. Very concise and well set up. Um, I think that brings us to That's the end of the day. We just have one person now. We'll just allow for one community question and then see where it goes from there. Uh, Domi's been waiting in the crowd for probably an hour now, so kind of felt bad if we didn't bring her up. Esteemed, so, why would you do that? Hi. Bring her um, in. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. It's 3 a.m. here in California, and I am freaking dying, guys. But honestly, this Spaces was so relevant to what I'm going to be talking about this Friday. I'm actually going to be hosting my own um, Twitter Spaces. I'm a community lead and an advisor for a couple of projects in the uh, NFT space, the anime meta genre, if you will. Um and uh, I'm also going to be talking about networking and Web3 positions. Um, basically, I am a college student. I have no degree, so I have no, like, previous so-called experience in um, any type of, uh, I don't know, it, it, whatever you would call this, you know? Um, this is fairly new, so I don't think there's actually any real positions of being a community lead in Web2. But um, whatever is relevant to that, I have no experience, but I've been able to uh, build my own personal brand and basically uh, move forward in everything that Stone has just talked about. I have been thinking about for so long. Um, I cannot wait until I could recommend this tool to a lot of friends that I have or just uh, people in the space who've been asking me like hey how did you get your foot in the door how did you move up so quickly um, you know you came into the space knowing nothing about NFTs and your first job you were a head mod and then from there you just became a community lead and now you're an advisor like how are you moving up so fast and I think the whole thing is just uh, knowing how to network and how to really capitalize on your um, your strengths as as an individual you know it, it has nothing to do with uh, a lot of book smarts I think it's just more so on how uh, you're able to one market yourself and to build on you know just just little strengths that you thought were just so irrelevant like um, being able to be approachable or uh, somebody that uh, is just very easy to get along with it's just crazy how building relationships with people could actually become 
something profitable. Um, I'm actually really cool with Emma as well. Me and her just had a spaces actually last week uh, speaking on women and Web3 and just a lot of the struggles that we go through. So, um, you know, Emma is somebody that I really look up to. Although I'm older, I look up to her and I think she's amazing and I love her so much. So uh, she actually <laughs> brought me in the into the surgeons uh, discord like uh, probably a couple of months ago. So this is my first space with you guys. I know I'm plowing through a lot of shit right now. I know it's 3am for me. I am just dying. <laughs> but I just want to say you guys are amazing. The spaces is awesome. Stone, dude, like, if you if you need somebody in your team, I'm the girl. I am your girl. Emma's your number one girl. But I'm your second one, girl. <laughs> second girl. <laughs> yeah, dude, I fucking love this space. I love the community. I love everyone. And I am deliri- like, delirious as fuck. But this isn't my official application, I promise. But honestly, yeah, this is amazing. And uh, kudos to everybody. All right, I'm done. That's that's my show. <laughs> so we all love Emma. Um, I mean, we all look up to her for everything that she does. So as, she, as she's known in our server as Big E. So yeah, yeah. It's a lot, big love for Emma and across surgeons. All right, beautiful. I think this is the perfect time for us to wrap this up. Guys, I think I'm gonna have a cry or something on the way home. What the I... fuck? <laughs> also, can I just say, Dom, you're an absolute legend. Um, anyone who wants to network, uh, within like any anime type shit, Dom is literally the best person to speak to. She's fucking awesome. Don't fade, Dom. Love that. Thanks for that, Emma. I will definitely keep that in mind. Wait, Emma, you 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 got the fucking raptor in the background, don't you? Going, dude, I'm in. I'm on the highway. I'm in the four B. I fucking knew it. That engine is sounding pretty gurry. <laughs> I'm on a mission to go pick up some goods, so I'll see you guys later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Dummy, that was amazing. I hope I hope you all should get good sleep as well. Three AM is uh, if I was on a space at three AM. Man, I'll, I I think Esteem would like call me, drive over, take me off the phone because I say some stupid shit at that time of night. Oh, one hundred percent, man. I'm always watching his calendar just in case he's getting up to no good. Spycraft. Anyway, uh, I think it was pretty late. Uh, I think this was the last hour which Morgan had given us. In fact, he made an exception today for us to be at this hour uh, when mm. he usually goes to bed. So thanks, Morgan. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we will keep in. Uh, we'll come back and we'll keep in touch. Uh, looking forward to everything that's going to come out of Root Troop and uh, everything that the future holds for us. Thanks for joining, guys. Uh, do follow everyone who has been here. Again, networking, big, big key. So just make sure you hit up everyone that you see here and uh, speak to you soon. Beautiful. Thank thanks, you, guys. Thanks. See you all later. See you all later. Later. See you all later. Cheers, lads.